This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Lamb Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Lamb Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 161. So today is June 20th, 2021. And as usual, I'm covering the news and rumors from Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. But first, today is also Father's Day. So I wanted to wish a happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there and to remind all of those dads' kids and grandkids, if you're going to get dad or granddad something for Father's Day, get them something cool. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but please don't get them any cheesy ties with flashing lights on them. Dads don't really like those. And if your dad or granddad is a photographer, there's plenty of cool things you can get them that don't cost a lot of money. Get them a set of uh, gray cards on Amazon. They're like seven bucks or something like that. Or uh, get him some SD cards. If his camera takes SD cards, they're fairly inexpensive on Amazon and at Walmart, Walgreens and other places as well. But to all of those dads, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I hope you have an awesome Father's Day dinner. I myself, um, I'll, have a, I'll have a good Father's Day. It'll be just me and the missus, but that's fine. Um, we will be going up soon to see the kids and grandkids in New York and Pennsylvania. So uh, that's totally fine. And uh, I love my kids and I know my kids love me and I will get to see them soon. So everything is copacetic there. All right, so let's head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have in store for us for this week. Let's do this! All right, first up, the sensor in the upcoming Canon EOS R3 is designed and manufactured by Canon. After the development announcement of the Canon EOS R6, the internet went a bit silly with stories about who is actually making the image sensor in the Canon EOS R3. Why it mattered? I don't know, but I stayed away from the claims made by a bunch of the sites. Petapixel reports that Canon has directly told them the following about the Canon EOS R3 image sensor. Quote, the sensor in the upcoming Canon EOS R3 camera is Canon designed and manufactured. I'm glad this issue has been put to rest and we can get on with things. Now, the only thing I'm going to say about this is I don't know why there was all kinds of crazy rumors flying all over the internet that somebody else was making the sensor. Canon has been making their own sensors for quite a long time now, and I don't see any reason why they would outsource it to somebody else. They've been extremely successful with their own image sensors. So I'm not at all surprised that Canon would confirm that they are manufacturing the sensor themselves, and it is one that they engineered themselves. So let's Get on to the next story. Next up, two new Canon RF lenses appear for certification. Two unreleased lenses have appeared for certification in Russia. This brings the total of known unreleased lenses to three. The most talked about lens recently has been the long-rumored Canon RF 35mm f1.2L USM. 
Usually, once lenses reach certification agencies, you can expect them to be announced within about 90 days. However, there could be some delays because of the manufacturing challenges that still exist. New unreleased lenses uh, with the code numbers of 5050C005 and 5051C005. Previously known unreleased lens designation 4857C005. The following three lenses were announced alongside the development announcement of the Canon EOS R3, and none of these have the same product codes as the lenses above. Those are the Canon RF 400mm f2.8 LIS-USM, the Canon RF 600mm f4 LIS-USM, and the Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LIS-USM macro. You can see our RF lens roadmap here, the accompanying link in this article, which all of my listeners can find in the show notes for this episode. Keep in mind, this list may not be complete. So it is exciting to see that there are certifications out there for three more RF mount lenses. What are they going to be? Are they going to be L lenses? Are they going to be gold band lenses? Now, Canon hasn't released any gold band lenses yet, which has really shocked me. They've only been doing silver and red band, which is their L lenses. And I'm really surprised they haven't done any gold band USM mid-level lenses thus far for the RF mount. I'm hoping that's going to change. Um, to me, it wouldn't make any sense to get rid of the gold band lenses because, you know, there's some people out there that are semi-pro or serious amateurs or hobbyists that, you know, can afford better lenses, but maybe don't want to spend the money on L lenses. It's nice to have those gold band lenses in the middle that are higher quality than the silver ones, but not quite as expensive as the L lenses. So I would really love to see Canon start releasing some gold band USM lenses, but I guess we're going to just have to wait and see what Canon decides to do. Next up, patent Canon RF 35mm f1.2 LUSM as well as an RF 24mm f2 LUSM and an RF 28mm f1.2 LUSM. Is Canon planning to make f1.2 the new standard for all of their L prime lenses up to the focal length of the RF 85 1.2 L? The Canon RF 35 1.2 has been rumored for quite some time and has appeared on our RF lens roadmap since the beginning. There have also been previous patents for an RF 35 1.2 LUSM. Canon News has uncovered another patent for an RF 35 1.2 LUSM optical formula along with two other F1.2 L prime lenses that would be highly desired, an RF 24 and an RF 28 1.2. If all of this comes to fruition, this could be a very hard set of prime lenses to beat. You would have the Canon RF24 appears in patent, the 28 appears in patent, the 35 appears in patent, the, 80, uh, the RF 50mm 1.2, which is already out there, the RF 85 1.2, which is already out there, and the RF 85 1.2 USM DS, which is already out there. So first up, we have the Canon RF24 1.2 LUSM, focal length 24.74 millimeters, F number 1.24, half angle of view is 41.17 degrees, image height 21.64 millimeters, lens overall length is 143.97 millimeters, and a back focus of 13.45 millimeters. 
Now for the Canon RF 28mm f1.2 LUSM, we have a focal length of 27.15mm, an f number of 1.24, half angle of view of 38.55 degrees, image height is still 2164mm, which is full frame, uh, lens total length 146.96mm with a back focus of 1345 and last but not least, the RF35 1.2 LUSM, focal length 34.00 millimeters, F number 1.24, half angle of view 32.47 degrees with an image height of 21.64 millimeters, a lens total length of 154.96 millimeters, and a back focus of 17.05 millimeters. So it is exciting to see that Canon is possibly getting ready to release three more prime L lenses in the f1.2 aperture that's going to make a lot of shooters out there happy but come on canon give us some more of the good quality but not quite as expensive prime lenses like i said a moment ago preferably in the gold band usm series would be nice come on let's get with it let's get some of those gold band lenses on the market and into people's hands that'll make a lot of people happy Next up, Profoto Camera, the professional smartphone camera that works with their flashes. Smartphone, ma smartphone manufacturers have changed the way consumers photograph, but what, are they, uh, what they are missing is the ability to capture great light. With the launch of Profoto Camera, professional photographers get access to a full range of Profoto's flashes that seamlessly integrate with the first professional smartphone camera. Starting today, photographers have the freedom to choose between two distinct modes, Smart and Classic, and can now shoot in ProPhoto RAW format. The ProPhoto camera stands on three pillars of innovation that together deliver a flawless user experience. ProPhoto's AirX technology, the world's first solution to enable a seamless integration of professional flash and smartphones. ProPhoto RAW, enabling files with five to eight times more information than JPEG, leading to higher quality, significantly more detail, and greater editing possibilities. And finally, the two modes, classic mode, allows you to either manually adjust exposure and flash settings or to use AirX Smart TTL, the new automatic exposure algorithm. Smart mode lets you choose between a set of smart contrast and warmth effects with the swipe of a finger, enabling seamless integration with the use of flash to capture professional images instantly. Quote, I always have my iPhone with me and now with the ProPhoto camera, I can shoot everywhere with the same gear I use in my studio. The ProPhoto camera is really intuitive and easy to use and having the option to have full manual control with my iPhone and ProPhoto lights is perfect for creating professional photos anywhere at any time, says photographer Pierre-Edouard Salaird. At ProPhoto, light is at the heart of every innovation and a pioneer in the professional flash segment. ProPhoto considers the freedom of connectivity to be the next big step for professional photography. With the new ProPhoto camera app, ProPhoto reaches a major milestone in setting photographers free to choose their capturing device, whether it is a smartphone, a DSLR, or a mirrorless camera, without sacrificing the ability to shape the light. Quote, although modern smartphones will continue to make technological advancements, improve computational power, or better optics, will never replicate the key to every image, and that is the light.
This is why we created this new ProPhoto camera app that seamlessly integrates smartphones and professional flash. From now on, professional photographers can shoot with any capturing device without missing out on the full power of the flash, says Anders Hedbark, uh, ProPhoto CEO. And I apologize if I got your name wrong. The ProPhoto camera app is now out in the App Store for Apple as well as the Google Play Store. So this is interesting. Um, it's unique that ProPhoto has come out with an app that allows you to use their flashes with your smartphone camera. I think it's kind of cool, but ProPhoto flashes are quite expensive, so I'm not sure how popular this is going to end up being, but I guess we can just wait and see. Uh, let those that have the money to burn on those expensive Pro Photo flashes have a good time with their smartphones. I will stick with uh, more reasonably priced flash options like the Paul C. Buff DigiBees or the Godox 8200s. Um, I think that's the one I'm looking to get next, the ones that my friend Jeff Harmon uses. Uh, they look like fantastic monolights that are completely battery powered, which would be great out in the field. Next up, Adorama wants your used gear. Need cash? Trade in your used equipment and get up to 70% cash or credit on the resale value of your gear. Adorama buys all types of photography and video equipment, computers, audio gear, musical instruments, optics, drones, and much more. Adorama will even accept older models as well as newer generations and everything in between. Adorama is currently offering $20 in Ward points for any lens with a value over $500. Just fill out the form below to get started. And of course, you'll be able to find the link to that uh, form in this article in the show notes for this episode. Next up, there may be as many as three RF mount APS-C cameras on the horizon. Now, this is a Canon Rumor CR1, which means it's just a basic rumor. There's no kind of collaboration from any of Canon Rumor's reputable sources as of yet. I have discussed an RF mount camera with an APS-C sensor many times in the past. I haven't received any information that I would call definitive about such a camera, but more and more information from unknown sources is now coming in over the last little while. I have been told by an anonymous source there will be three APS-C equipped RF mount cameras coming in the future. If this is true, this should be the death knell for the EOS M system. The first APS-C RF mount camera that is rumored to be announced is the EOS R7. I am told that the announcement for this camera could come as soon as quarter four this year or quarter one in 2022. The second APS-C RF mount camera will be the EOS R8. This camera will be designed for vloggers and other types of social media creators. The third APS-C RF mount camera will be the EOS R9, and this will be the entry-level camera to the EOS R system. If all of this turns out to be true would definitely be the end of the EOS M system. The EOS M system has a few new models or a few models that have sold, sold quite well over the last few years. As such, those customers need to be retrained. Keeping the EOS M system alive alongside the EOS R system probably doesn't make a lot of economical sense. If all three cameras sported in the, the same image sensor, Canon could definitely keep engineering and manufacturing costs down. Ergonomics would probably be the big difference between the rumored EOS R7 and the R8. What about EFM lenses, you ask? They may not natively work on the RF mount, but there are always solutions to these sorts of problems. We have seen patents in the past that show Canon moving the image sensor inside the camera body. 
Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that sort of engineering could keep your uh, EFM lenses usable on the RF mount. For now, this is a CR1 rating, so please treat this information accordingly. Basically, take it with a grain of salt for now, but more to come as it becomes available. Next up, Canon EOS R3 to have a 30 megapixel sensor. This is another CR1. The biggest question surrounding the upcoming Canon EOS R3 is what the megapixel count will be for still shooters. Over the weekend, two anonymous sources told me that the camera will sport a 30 megapixel sensor. One of the sources did say around 30 megapixels. Since this comes from unknown places, treat, please treat it as such for now. If I receive confirmation from a known source, I will let you know. Canon EOS R3 specifications, a multi-controller and smart controller, very angled touchscreen, new accessory shoe, Wi-Fi with 5 gigahertz, high-speed 30 frames per second electronic shutter with AF and AE tracking plus raw shooting at this speed, AF down to minus 7 EB, 8 stops, coordinated control IS with optical IS and in-body IS, 4K Canon Log 3, oversampling 4K, internal raw video, inclusion of cars, motorbikes, and AF tracking technology, raw internal movie recording, speed light shooting with electronic shutter, the same weather ceiling as the EOS 1D series, the LPE19 battery, and dual card slots, 1SD and 1CF Express. And as I've said before, I really wish Canon would change that and make both card slots CF Express. It would make much more sense, especially if you're going to give consumers or your client, your customers a 30 frame per second camera. And last up from Canon rumors for this week, the Canon EOS R3 is out in the wild. The R3 is inching closer to the full official announcement, and it looks like select photographers are getting their hands on the new RF mount flagship. The Canon EOS R3 is apparently being used at the G7 Summit in the United Kingdom this week. Uh, let's see, the early comments from shooters seems to be extremely positive. Take this Nikon shooter for example. Quote, I'm a Nikon shooter. Today I've seen the Canon R3 and I've seen the future. Got over 10,000 pounds worth of Nikon DSLR gear and it's worthless. Wouldn't get more than 3K trade-in for it all now. DSLR is dead. Uh, Canon EOS R3 specifications, I'm not going to read again because I just gave them to you from the previous article. So that is going to wrap up Canon rumors for this week. Let's head on over to Nikon rumors and see what they have in store for us. First up, latest photo editing deals and coupons. The latest photo editing deals and coupons are as follows. 20% off Topaz Labs image quality bundle with code AI bundle 20. 15% off all Topaz Lab products with code rumors 15. 20% off on one products with code Nikon rumors. 10% off or $10 off Luminar, excuse me, with code Nikon rumors. 15% off Capture One Nordic Style Kit, no code needed. 30% off the Nick Collection, no coupon code needed. And $125 off on Capture One Pro 21, no code needed. So if you've been thinking about getting any of that software, now is the time to pull the trigger. So get on over to those sites and pick that stuff up while it's on sale. 
Next up, two new Nikkor Z28 millimeter f.2 and 40 millimeter f2 pancake lenses could be announced together with the Nikon ZFC camera on June 28th. Together with the new ZFC camera on June 28th, Nikon may also officially release the two new Nikkor Z pancake mirrorless lenses, the 28 f2 and the uh, 2.8 and the 40 millimeter f2. I'm still not 100% sure about this rumor, but it makes sense since the small pancake lenses would be a good fit for the new APS-C based ZFC camera. This can also explain the confusion about what lenses will be announced together with the ZFC. The other good news is that two new Nikkor Z pancake mirrorless lenses will be cheap or cheaper than expected. I do not have the exact price yet, but both lenses could be in the two to $300 range. So that would definitely be exciting. And I would not be surprised to see Canon or Nikon, excuse me, release a couple of pancake lenses. I think it's a good idea and it's a good direction for them to go. And another little bit that they can do to help turn things around at Nikon. Next up, the new Siru 35mm f1.8 1.33x anamorphic lens for Nikon Z mount is now in stock. After a, a successful Indiegogo campaign, the new Ciro 35mm f1.8 1.33x anamorphic APS-C lens for Nikon Z mount is now in stock at Amazon, also available for pre-order at B&H Photo. Additional information on the Ciro uh, 75mm f1.8 anamorphic lens can be found in the accompanying link, which again will be in the show notes for this episode. The product and model is the Ciro 75 f1.8 anamorphic 1.33x. X, focal length 75 millimeters, max aperture of 1.8, minimum aperture of 16, lens structure 16 elements in 12 groups, aperture blades is 13, maximum support frame is APS-C, shooting distance 1.2 meters or 4 feet to infinity, focus method manual focusing, maximum magnification 1 to 14.47B or 1 to 18.45H, filter M67 uh, by 0.75, rotation angle of the focus ring 186.05 degrees, maximum diameter is 73 millimeters or 2.87 inches, diameter of the focus ring is 71.1 millimeters or 2.80 inches, will be available in micro four thirds mount, E mount, X mount, EFM mount, and Z mount, so it will be available for most of the cameras out there um, in APS-C format. And now I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191, and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. Next up, the Biltrox 85mm F1.8 ZAF full frame lens for Nikon Z mount is now 10% off. 
Vail Tracks has announced their mid-year sale where almost everything in the online store is up to 15% off until June 24th. The Vail Tracks 85mm f1.8 AF full-frame lens for Nikon Z mount, for example, is now 10% off at $359.10. International shipping is available. So if you're interested in picking up one of these lenses for your Nikon Z mount camera, Run on over to the Biltrack store and grab it while this sale is going on and you can get yourself a bit of a deal there. Next up, the cheapest CF Express Type B memory cards are from Pergear. Currently, the cheapest CF Express Type B memory cards are from Pergear. You can get CF Express Reader for $10 more. The Pergear CF Express Type B memory card 512 gigabyte model is 319. The Pergear CF Express Type B 256 gigabyte card is 189, and the Type B 128 gig is 119. Update per gear CFE memory cards are also available for sale on Amazon US and Amazon Canada. For comparison, the current Adorama prices 512 gigabytes starting from 489, 256 from 199, and 128 from 164. For comparison, the current BH prices 512 gigs starting from 319 after $20 coupon, 256 starting at 249, and 128 starting at 158. On Amazon, the current prices are 512 gigs starting at 379, 256 at 199, and 128 at 149. For reference, one terabyte CF Express Type B memory card prices Amazon starting from 649, Adorama at 749, and BH from 749. So it looks like Per Gear is the place to get your CF Express Type B memory cards if that's what you need. Get them while you can get them on sale. Next up from Nikon Rumors, as expected, the Nikkor ZMC105mm f2.8 VRS macro lens delayed. Nikon apologizes. I already reported two weeks ago that the new Nikkor ZMC105 f2.8 VRS macro lens will be significantly delayed based on the large number of pre-orders. Nikon Japan just issued an official apology. Quote, apology and notice of delay in delivery of the Nikkor ZMC 105mm f2.8 VRS, June 17th, 2021, product information. Thank you for your continued patronage of Nikon products. We have received a large number of reservations for the Nikkor lens, the Nikkor ZMC 105, which is scheduled to be released June 25th, 2021, which is Friday. We may not be able to deliver the product on the day of release to some customers who are currently making reservations. In addition, it may say, take some time for the product to be delivered to customers who make reservations in the future as it will be delivered in sequence. We sincerely apologize for any inconvenience caused to customers who are waiting for our products. We will do our utmost to deliver the product as soon as possible, and we appreciate your understanding. The source is Nikon Japan. Given the current global parts and ship shortage and out-of-stock status for many Nikon products, I think the new 105mm Z lens will be out of stock at least until the end of 2021. The Nikkor ZMC 105mm VRS 
Pre-order links are available in the U.S. at Adorama B&H Photo and Amazon, in the U.K. at Wex and Park Cameras, in Denmark at Calumet and Photo Earnhardt, in Canada at Camera Canada. And for the ZMC 50mm f2.8, pre-order links are available in the same countries from the same sellers. So additional coverage of the new macro lenses can be found at the accompanying link in this article in the show notes. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, Lexar announced a new CF Express USB 3.2 Gen 2 2x2 Type B memory card reader. At the 2021 Computex show, Lexar announced a new CF Express USB 3.2 Gen 2 times 2 Type B memory card reader with reading speeds of up to 1700 megabits a second. The new reader is now in stock at Adorama and BH. Additional information offers blazing fast transfer speeds for raw 8K video and high quality images, leveraging USB 3.2 Gen 2x2 technology to dramatically accelerate workflow, read speeds of up to 1700 megabits per second, portable and compact design for photographers and videographers on the, on the go includes a 30 centimeter 2 in 1 USB Type C to USB Type A and USB Type C to USB Type C cable, five year limited warranty. Specifications are as follows form factor CF Express Type B, interface USB 3.2 Gen 2 times 2, system supported PC and Mac, operating temperature 0 degrees centigrade to 40 degrees centigrade or 32 degrees to 104 Fahrenheit. Dimensions 94 or 98.4 times 64.85 times 28.2 millimeters or 3.7 or 874 inches by 2.53553 inches by 1.110 inches with a weight of 130 grams or 0.287 pounds. And it is an impressive looking card reader, so I think it's going to be a fairly popular item, especially with those photographers and videographers out there that are shooting USB Type-C. Lexar does make some fantastic products and they do make products that are top-notch quality. Um, so definitely can't go wrong with picking up one of their memory card readers for your needs. All right, and now we're gonna head on over to Fuji Rumors and see what he has for us for this week. First up, Fujifilm, the GFX 50S MK2, will be Fuji's most affordable GFX camera, hence cost less than. Fuji Rumors already told you a few months ago that Fujifilm will launch the Fujifilm GFX 50S MK2 in 2021. We also told you months ago that it will feature the very same sensor as the original GFX 50S. And now let's move on and leak more about the Fujifilm GFX 50S MK2. According to trusted information we have received, the 50S MK2 will be Fuji's most affordable GFX camera ever. This means it will be even cheaper than the currently most affordable GFX camera, the Fujifilm GFX 50R, which retails at a price tag of $4,500. That is it for now. Make sure to follow Fuji Rumors for more in the future. So it does sound exciting. Uh, there have been rumors for a while now that, that Fuji is going to do an MK2 of the 50S and the 50R. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I was hoping to get a GFX 100S myself, but couldn't quite... Uh, pull the trigger on that $6,000 price tag, especially 
land the pre-orders are taking forever to be fulfilled. I just didn't want to tie up that money and have to wait forever to get the camera. But who knows? Maybe I'll end up pulling the trigger on the 50R Mark II, especially if Fuji makes some great improvements to it over the current model that I already have. We'll have to wait and see. Photodiox Pro Pronto adapter firmware update is available. We talked about the Photodiox Pro Pronto adapter last year, an adapter that adds autofocus to manual focus lenses. You can see which mounts it covers via double adapter at this accompanying link. The Photodiox Pronto autofocus adapter for Fujifilm cameras just received firmware update 1.13. And it includes fix to ensure the adapter retracts properly when the camera is shut down and a few minor bug fixes. The latest firmware is now available for download at the link in this article. So if you do have that adapter, go ahead and grab that firmware update now. Next up, Fujifilm X-H2 with 8K to cost less than Panasonic GH6 with 6K. I am not a Micro Four Thirds hater. On the contrary, in my journey on the search to the perfect mirrorless system, I happened to shoot also Panasonic. I didn't love it as much as Olympus, my first mirrorless love, but it was, anyway, a very nice and capable system. And in fact, the whole Micro Four Thirds system is more capable than many think. It is incredibly compact, it often has top-notch AI features, the smaller the sensor makes AI easier. Quite frankly, it also has more... Uh, a more than decent image quality, a 4-3 aspect ratio, but I personally really like, and more pros, which we won't touch on here. I genuinely suffered to see Olympus go, and from my heart, I hope the Panasonic will be able to keep the Micro Four Thirds system alive and flourishing. This is why I was intrigued by the development announcement of the Panasonic GH6, hoping it would be a real beast and guarantee some success for the Micro Four Thirds system. Now, Fuji Rumors is not the place to discuss the Panasonic GH6 specs. This is the place at the accompanying link, but I have to mention two details announced by Panasonic about the upcoming GH6. The GH6 will shoot 6K, and the Panasonic GH6 will be priced at around $2,500. After the GH6 pre-announcement, I had to talk with sources, and you bet we talked about also about the Fujifilm X-H2. They told me that the X-H2 will cost less than the Panasonic GH6, hence less than $2,500. And as we already told you in the past, the Fujifilm X-H2 is supposed to be able to shoot 8K DCI UHD. So it will be interesting to see if Fuji is actually going to release an 8K camera that sells for less than Panasonic's flagship Micro Four Thirds camera, which can only do 6K. Fujifilm to launch Fujinon GF35 to 70 millimeter lens for $500. Kit price? Long we have rumored an affordable G-mount zoom lens by Fujifilm coming in the second half of 2021. We have an important update. According to our sources, the lens should be the Fujinon GF 35mm to 70mm. As we told you recently, the price of this lens is $500 when sold in kit with a camera body. The Fujifilm GFX100S can be bought at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. The Fujinon GF 80mm f1.7 can be bought from the same sources. Now this is intriguing, I hope it is true, because I've been wanting to get a zoom lens for my GFX 50R, but I didn't want to spend $2,500 to $3,000 on one. 
So if Fuji's really going to release this one for 500 bucks, I will definitely be pulling the trigger on that and have my first zoom lens for the GFX mount. Next up, DPR-TV, Fujifilm's five best film simulations. Fujifilm simulations are more than just cool names for camera profiles. Film simulations are the art of colors that Fujifilm cultivates since decades so far that the, new, the guy who developed the original Fujifilm film stock already 50 years ago still works at Fuji and is now in charge of crafting the film simulations. So colors are a serious thing for Fujifilm, and you can see what you can do with them over at our Fujifilm simulation group. Now, DP Review TV published a video where they go over what they consider the five best Fujifilm film simulations. Number one is monochrome. He prefers it over Acros. Number two is Probia, standard camera mode. Good standard profile, does not push things too far. Great for skin tones. Three is classic negative. Great for street photography, distorts reality, but not in a gimmicky way. Great for street scenes, knocks shadows down, and makes street scenes look very dramatic. Takes away some color and gives a nice vintage look, aged, rugged look. Velvia, great for landscapes, gives contrast and vibrancy, can add some punchy drama to colors that are faded and muted, adds a bit of magenta to blue skies, which can be really pleasing in landscape photos, not great for skin tones. And the nostalgic negative, available only on the GFX 100S and the GFX 100, mimics that classic American film stock from the 70s, Kodachrome, etc. Lower contrast, but still rich saturation and warm colors. For video, Eterna, for video and almost perfect profile, a very easy to grade. When he shoots high contrast scenes, he shoots F-Log, but in post, he will immediately put an Eterna LUT on the file. Jordan loves Eterna. Where I don't agree is when they say Astia is boring. In fact, it is actually one of my top favorite film simulations because it gives me a great balance between pleasing skin tones and vivid but not oversaturated colors. I use Astia almost always when I take landscape images with people in the frame. I find it gives me the best results, better than Velvia, which is not great for skin tones. So <laughs> a little bit of a debate on which film simulations are best between the owner of Fuji Rumors and the guys at DP Review TV. But I would definitely recommend checking out the video. And last from Fuji Rumors for this week, 7 Artisans 55mm f1.4 Mark II available and 7 Artisans 60mm f2.8 Mark II listed. A few weeks ago, 7 Artisans announced the new 7 Artisans 55mm f1.4 Mark II and the 60mm 2.8 Mark II, a refresh of their very popular Mark I editions of the same lenses. Now you can find the 7 Artisans 55mm 1.4 available at Amazon US here, Amazon UK, and the first 7 Artisans 60mm f2.8 Mark II samples for various mounts available for pre-order at B&H Photo and listed at Amazon US. And that is it for Fuji Rumors for this week. Now we'll head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors to wrap up and see what they have for us for this week. First up, Philip Bloom shows how good the upscaled images of the Sony A7S III are when using Topaz Video Enhanced AI. And you can check out uh, Bloom's accompanying YouTube video on it, an upscale afterglow Sony A7S and Topaz Video Enhanced AI. And check that out for yourself. 
Next up, Sony 14mm F1.8 GM review by Mark Adelheff. You must have, or a must have, excuse me, this lens is $1,598. Pre-orders are available at B&H Photo, Adorama, Focus Camera, Photocotch, Calumet DE, Park Cameras UK, and Wex UK. Mark Adelhav from Sony Alpha Blog reviewed the new 14mm GM lens and concluded, quote, The Sony 14mm F1.8 GM at €1,600 is a new masterpiece from Sony and a new demonstration you can achieve outstanding results in a very small form factors. All the recent GM are a demonstration of this level of excellence. The Sony 35mm F1.4 GM, the Sony 50mm 1.2 GM, and the 24mm F1.4 GM. Image quality is excellent, excellent to outstanding sharpness wide open. Corners are also very good to excellent. Color rendition and contrast are excellent. Distortion is minimal. Uh, chroma is minimal. Background blur is quite soft for a wide angle lens. AF is fast, silent, and efficient. Ergonomics are excellent. Small, light, click or clickless aperture ring and the price stays reasonable for a gm lens compared to the sony 12 to 24 f 2.8 gm at 3300 euros lens will also be an ease and all situations astrophotography landscape architecture will also perform very well in video handheld or on a gimbal or for vlog to film yourself providing a big frame around you and allowing for an important image uh, stabilization crop if need be the only competitor with the same specs is the sigma 14 millimeter f 1.8 dg hsm art at the same price that is 50 percent bigger and almost three times heavier for sharpness that is uh, clearly less uh, good wide open with corners that never reach the level of the Sony GM. If you like Sigma, then the Sigma 14-24 2.8DGDN Art will offer the same optical performance than the Prime at the same price, but with more versatility and much less weight and size. If you own the Sony 12-24 2.8GM, you won you won gain a lot in terms of image quality but you will gain in term of weight and size and price the samyang af 14 millimeter f 2.8 is 600 euros is a good price quality option for a 24 megapixel camera or if 14 millimeters is a focal length you won't use often but there is clear image quality gap between the Samyang and the Sigma Sony lenses. A better alternative is the very good Nisi 15mm f4 at €479. Euros. A manual lens with a more modest aperture, but providing better sharpness, color rendition, and very nice sun stars, and compatible with classical filters, 72mm thread. A must-have for pro landscape, architecture, indoor real estate, close actions, and astrophotographers or for vlogging and that is from mark adelhef you can check that out for yourself in the show notes you can now buy the new Suro 75mm f1.8 1.33 anamorphic lens at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Amazon EU for $899. That is it for this short blurb article. Uh, we'll move on. The Sony A1 is now back in stock at B&H Photo. After a very long time, the Sony A1 is finally back in stock at B&H Photo, and the 50mm GM lens will be in stock on July 26th at Amazon US. You can now order the Sony Alpha 1 at B&H Photo for $6,498 US. Yes, that's an expensive camera. 
Next up, Goldman Sachs says chip shortage will only end in 2022. The worst may soon be over when it comes to disruption stemming from the global chip shortage, according to Goldman Sachs chief Asia economist Andrew Tilton. The world has been grappling with a chip shortage that has hit the production of household electronics, including everything from toasters to washing machines. Quote, our analysts believe that we're probably in the worst period of that right now. That is, we're seeing the biggest disruption downstream in industries like auto right now, and that will gradually ease over the back half of the year, Tilton said. I told you recently that the ZVE10 announcement had been postponed from the original May 26th launch date, and I heard from Sony and from other manufacturers that the cause is a global chip shortage. In short, it means you have to pay 20 to 30 times more if you want to get your chip now. According to Goldman Sachs, this shortage will end in early 2022 and no sooner. In the following video, Tony Northrup thinks this is also the cause for the Canon R3 and Nikon Z8 launch delay. I wonder if this will also affect the A7 IV launch, which is rumored to happen in September. Hope it is not, but chances are it's going to happen. Uh, there's just not much you can do to get around it when there is a global chip shortage. And wrapping up this week, the last article from Sony Alpha Rumors, new firmware update for the A92 and the A73. The Sony A92 firmware updates benefits and improvements, quote, improves operability when using the remote camera tool. Note, please update the remote camera tool to the latest version. It also fixes an issue where the battery level indicator may not be displayed correctly when using a vertical grip. Also improves the overall stability of the camera. For the Sony A7 III firmware update, benefits and improvement, quote, fixes an issue where the battery level indicator may not be displayed correctly when using a vertical grip. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, and that is going to wrap up episode 161 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Spotify or anywhere else you might be getting your podcast from. Also, be sure to stop by and check out the Liam Photography YouTube channel. Uh, give it a subscribe, watch the videos, like them, share them out, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. Same for the project channels for Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania. They do have their own YouTube channels as well. I wanted to once again wish all of the dads and granddads a happy Father's Day and especially to my father Floyd Douglas who has since passed away unfortunately. I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day in heaven. We love and miss you very much. All right everybody I will see you again on Thursday.